Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! Ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Oh, it's Saturday, Saturday, and the weather is coming. The weather is so delightful. Oh, what fun <laughs> it is to ride in the one. Yeah, that's the way we're going to be feeling later on. Hey, welcome, folks, to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, second hour of power with Dan Bush and me, Tom Neubauer. We're here every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live, we are unrehearsed, and we will take your phone calls about whatever it is you want to get in touch with us about, 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Or you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com, which Ray has done. Ray asked this question, Danny. He says, hey, guys. What is the big deal about Seaguar Line? A bunch of fishing so- shows extol this line. What's up? Okay. Well, you use Seaguar, Danny. <clears throat> I'll tell you, Ray. <clears throat> it's because they're getting paid to talk about Seaguar Line. <laughs> yeah, they're paying but for commercials. We're not getting paid by Seaguar Line. The reason uh, I use it is because my friend Ron Johnson recommended it mm-hmm. when I first went to the uh, fluorocarbon mm-hmm. line. Um, I believe Seaguar is the one that, weren't they the ones that came they, up with yeah, fluorocarbon they, first? They make the pellets that other people buy from them to make okay. their lines. They were th- the originators? This, yeah, this year I'm trying Sunline. It's made in Japan. I've uh, heard good things about that, yeah, too. Yeah, Sunline, I'm trying that. One on one one spinning outfit and one bait casting outfit. The, and what's nice is it's thinner than mono. The wrap yeah. on the fluorocarbon was that it was stiffer, so right. the... The wrap was you didn't want to use it on a. It'd be good for bait casters, not so much for spinning reels because you get that line twist and crap going on. So I asked Ron, and because I saw him using using it uh, up in uh, Rowley's Bay a couple of years ago, and uh, he had spinning rod and he was using fluorocarbon. So I asked him what kind. And that uh, Invisa, Invisa, whatever it's, it's Invisa something, something, yeah, yeah comes in the uh, yellow and blue box, mm-hmm. uh, is supple enough where I didn't have mm-hmm. a single problem. Now I did buy a Fluger, uh, it's called the Arbor spinning reel, which has a larger spool on it, mm-hmm. which would make it less likely to get that uh, coils or problems with the line getting messed You're up. Gonna get it anyway. So it it. it <laughs> 
It, it did. I didn't have a single problem. It was right. like using supple mono, and I was uh, jerk baiting mm. for those smallmouth, and I seemed to have, even though I didn't have a braid tied to a fluorocarbon leader, I had all fluorocarbon. The sensitivity uh, was still there. I could get good hook sets on them. So here's the, the uh, these companies, these larger companies who make fluorocarbon line, they make different grades of it. You know, one that's more supple. Right. But a little less abrasion resistant than their main line. Their their stiffer stuff, that's the most abrasion resistant, but it's something that you wouldn't want to load up your spool with. You want to use that for a leader line. So they make like three or four, three There's I think three or four different grades of it, you know. So depending on what you need it for. Well, when you think about it, Tom, kinda like Berkeley did years ago, they had their the the uh XT, which was their stiffer, not quite so, you know. I always it's called thick. it extra thick because it, it's thicker. It, it was supposed to be extra tough. And then they had the uh, XL, which was the, the standard one, which was, the mm-hmm. you know, pretty much. Um, yeah. So they've, they've, they've line manufacturers have, yeah. have done spider wire. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of spider wire. I like their braids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've used a Invisibraid. Uh, for trolling with fluorocarbon leader for walleyes. Mm-hmm. And the Invisibrate is supposed to be translucent or whatever the big word is, which, I don't know, blends with the water or the water, yeah. whatever, translucent, and, as is fluorocarbon. And uh, you're pretty much trolling near invisible for spooky, spooky walleyes in crystal clear water. I got to tell you, when I was putting on that uh, uh, sunline on my two reels, when I had to run the line through the guides, okay, that fluorocarbon was much harder to see than mono. It really was. Really? It, it was harder to see, you know, putting it through. So, and and when it comes to twist and line, I, I got to let you know that this, 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 is, this is a downright fact. Every line can get twist in it, okay? There isn't a, a lure or a line that will produce less twist because it can't do it itself. Twist in line is produced either humanly, mechanically, or through through the lures that we use. Like if you throw a MEP spinner without a swivel in front of it, you're going to get twist. When you start throwing plastic worms that are spinning in the water, you're going to get twist. Uh, reels, if you're turning the handle and no line is coming in, and you got a let's you're say you're going to get twist. Yeah, yeah. If, if every that, time if you turn spool, it, it puts a twist in well, there. Every, well, that spool turns like five times for every handle turn, right? So yep. you're going to get five twists. So, so you know the 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 line can't twist itself, or it cannot untwist itself. It's going to be humanly, mechanically, or through the lures that we use. Or you ever notice, like if you're catching a bluegill, they're going in circles when they're yeah. coming to the boat. That's twisting your line get, too. Yeah, chubby so, checker. You're going to get you're, you're going to get twist. And we got a phone call. So we'll twist and shout with uh, who do we got? <laughs> you got Ron from Smokey's. Oh on the yeah, line. great. Yeah, hey Ron, how's it going? This this is Ron Heidenreich, our advertising manager of the Cutting Edge Outdoors. How's How you doing, boys? Good, doing good, good, good. How's it going out there at Smokey's? Well, I'm not there yet. I'm going to leave the not house there? in a couple minutes. What yeah, time you, you kind of tired? There, yeah, what Ron? time I you guys going to open at late today? Night. Uh, Rick is out there now. With the uh, event initially starts at about eight thirty, will last until about three or. Yeah, but you know, there's always guys there sooner. People are there right. earlier than eight thirty, and uh, but if that you know rain and snow comes that you know that around ten o'clock, that might drive a few people away. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, do you so, have a sale going on in the shop today? Yeah, everything in the store except Shimano and Saint Croix products are fifteen percent off. 
and uh, we have some new products in the store, and we have a lot of the old products in the store, and uh, we're ready to go. Yeah, now is the time. You got your live bait in? Uh, we didn't. We, uh, my first live bait comes on Thursday. Okay. Uh, we got the tanks all set up and the refrigerators running and making sure everything is working, and then we'll get bait on Thursday. All right. All set for the opening weekend, eh? We're, we're ready for the rush. Yeah. All right. That's great. Anything else, Ron? Well, I was going to say we were, you were talking about knots earlier, and uh, really, you know, and a, and a um, uni uni knot is a great knot, but the best knot for a Rapala is just a plain loop knot, and you can find that on YouTube. Yeah, there's it, loop knots it too. It won't cinch down, and, and Dan is correct. You can do the uni, and it won't if you don't cinch it down, but it can cinch down. Mm-hmm. If you just do a loop knot, it's going to be the best. Or just tie a, a, a number one snap, a tiny number one snap on, and, and the bait will, will swim freely also. Yeah, that's true, but it might add a little extra weight to the tip. But uh, you're right. Num- but yeah, you're a right. One, a number one's pretty tiny. Yeah. We we tested uh, years ago. No, I like to use. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. We years ago at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show when okay. it was downtown. When I was with Strenline, we had a knot testing machine. All right. Sure. The best knot test knot that uh, would hold up to the pound test of the line was the Palomar knot. That was number one. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the improved clinch knot, the the uni knot, those are all decent, but they never held up to the the fullest uh, amount of the line. The one other knot that was pretty damn close though was that plain old loop knot. Mm-hmm. That one did, yeah. Well, the for some reason, the improved there was clinch, then improved clinch. Well, the improved clinch is the it one. It depends yeah. what kind of line you when the, if, when they first came up with that super slick fire line. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that could uh, a uni well, could regular knots could slip with that. That's when I went to the polymer. Yeah, we uh, you know uh, of course back then there was no such thing as a super braid, you know. But when we tested all these knots, it was really interesting uh, with this knot test machine, and it also showed how monofilament is stronger dry than wet because it absorbs water, and it's bra- a ten pound test uh, monofilament will actually break about eleven. That's when it's dry, but when it's wet, it'll break at ten. You know, but it all depends on the knot because some knots will break at nine. I nine used to do half, my experiments you know? in the bathroom, in the basement with weights. I'd tie weights and test my my stri- yeah. ten pound strand yeah. broke at about twelve, thirteen pounds of yeah. weights. Yeah, it, well, sometimes we First had it, it break s- that high too. Stretched yeah. a bunch, then the yeah. weights went crashing onto yep. my feet. Yep. Uh, you're right about the snap, Tom. Though uh, I like to use either a tiny. A uh, little uh, cross lock snap or a little duo snap, I think they call it, the tiny mm-hmm. little one. And that doesn't seem to impede the, uh, even when I'm using those jerk baits yeah. and stuff, it, yeah. it doesn't seem to make any effect. Probably not, yeah. That, that's what I'm talking about, Dan. Yeah. Just a snap, not a snap swivel. Yeah, just not a, a snap swivel. Snap, yeah, right? no no need to have a swivel on there. That's just extra right, weight. Right, right. Uh, unless you're going to be, like just when that, I was on Lake Michigan. Yeah. I put that spoon on the spinning rod because I had a little snap swivel so that, you know, yeah. so you don't get the twist there. But right, if it's just a crankbait, right. you don't need that swivel. Right. right. All right, Ron. Well, have well, a good day out there. Well, I already told you. Tom's I'm not leaking com- out on us. I'm not you know, coming out. You would think that, you know, yeah. Katrina's Tom, coming in. Ask Tom what I told him when I was in the restaurant last night when he told me he wasn't coming. Well, oh, I told you last sissy. night. Yeah, he I called me a sissy. sissy. Yeah, he called me a sissy last night. That's yeah. <laughs> that's one of the Well, I had to make a decision. The way they were talking about the weather going to be this morning and that, I had to make a decision. Go to work or go out there. So 
I don't see nothing. Well, going right on now right it's now. fine. See, yeah, yeah, right see, now. My plan was to go right, but what, right what's away. What's it going to be at nine o'clock? Make a cameo. Know? What's it going to be you at know, nine o'clock? You could have showed up, shook a few hands, signed a few out, signed a few hats, signed a few autographs, kissed and, a few babies. Yeah, left some of your pictures and uh, <laughs> and left. You could have been on your way to the uh, working at Sherpers yeah. at ten We're, o'clock. You know what? We're going to have to get a, a CEO picture of us to, to when we go to places, when we go to these big promotional things. And sign them to pee for people, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll see you guys. Yeah. Okay, Ron. Silk. Thanks for calling. <laughs> we'll see you later. Uh, good luck today. Yeah. Yeah. Like we to, like we go to these big events. Yeah. Let me see if we, we don't go anywhere. Let me see if we got another email here. No, we don't. But Come thank, on, guys. But send thank, an email. But thanks, Ron. I mean, Ray, for uh, sending us the email. We appreciate that. Tom, twenty minutes to yeah. get that. But oh, and I also noticed working. with. Uh, the, the fluorocarbon line, when I, you know, generally I tie just, you know, on your yep. on your line keeper on the rod, when I just want to tie the line down on, you know, it's uh, the lure keeper, hook keeper, you know, that little, little piece of metal that sticks right above the, it's on the bottom of the rod, I mean, above the reel, it's on the rod. Yes, yes. And it, you got that little piece of metal where you can hook your hooked yeah, onto it. Right. But before I got any lures on it, I tied just a little slip knot, you know, just put it on there real quick. That uh it that that yeah, floral carbon yeah, 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 doesn't yeah, hold it real good. No, um, no, yeah, you gotta Now the other thing too with yeah. floral carbon, you gotta slobber, slobber, slobber it down. Yeah. Now I learned to do this years ago with you know with mono, you with gotta mono, spit, you on, just it. spit yeah. on it or put it in your mouth, yeah. you know, lick the Get string, whatever. Get it wet. But you really have to slobber the fluorocarbon because when it starts to cinch up, it just seems to be a little bit drier or yeah. more yeah. brittle. And so when you cinch up, I don't like to at the very end if I go to the final cinch and I feel kind of like a little tick almost, yeah. like it's dry. I yeah. don't like that. So I'll just pull the tag end a little, pull the main line. Tag, yeah. main, tag, yeah. main, and try and cinch it up without feeling any kind a of like easier. a little uh, yeah, yeah. A, a little jerk to it. Yeah. Like you feel it tightening, and I'm, I'm right. always worried I've sc- scored the line right, somewhere. Right, right, right. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. All right, 799-1250 is the phone number for folks or CEO guys at yahoo.com. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Nick Bodie's on the boards. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors on 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. As Tom likes to say, we're rocking your Saturday morning here. Thanks for listening. Uh, We want to thank all of the first responders out there, the firefighters, the, uh, let's see, the the men in blue, the police officers. And uh, women. And the police. (laughs) You're right. I can't get in trouble. The police persons out there protecting us. We support law enforcement. And law and order in our U.S. of A. And uh, also thanks to the military. All branches. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got another email. This is from Mailman Jim. Mailman Jim. He says, uh, guys, what about using a nail knot? Um, I don't think I've ever used a nail knot. 
A nail knot. I mean, I, mm. well, I take it back. I might have used a nail knot when I was adding uh, leader material to my fly line. I have not ever used the nail, fly, the nail knot. The nail knot. No. Uh, I'm I pretty much, I use the clinch when I'm in a hurry. The improved clinch or the clinch? Just regular clinch when I'm in a hurry. If, like, I'm fishing, you know, bluegills yeah. and stuff, and I'm tying yeah. a little hook on, and I, I, I yeah. don't need, you know, a world, world-class world knot. I um, always use a world-class knot because I only catch big fish. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you're, you're a genius, <laughs> yeah. eh? So, and, and, uh, and then the uni knot is, I like for, just for the simplicity and going ease of just, the, Ron mentioned, he said a better knot, loop knot for a rapla. Yeah, I get it. But if you're just going to learn one knot that you only know, the uni knot is the one knot that you can learn without having to learn a whole bunch of other knots, and you can do everything with it. It's the crescent wrench, my friend, mm-hmm. of knots. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I don't use a uni knot ever. I'm never, you know, I don't. And on, uh, I think it's next week, Thursday. I think that's May. I forget the date. May fourth would that be? Yeah, May fourth is a Thursday. I think that's when we have our scout night. At Sherpers and Hales Corners, that's when all the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Cub Scouts, whatever, they all come in. They're special. There's prizes. There's contests to win for them to win stuff. We do this every year. I think it's like the 26th year of doing Scout Night, and the place gets really busy with uh, a lot of scouts and their parents and all that. And this year, they asked me to sit at a table and show fishing knots. I'm only going to show two. I'm going to teach these these uh, scouts just two fishing knots. One is the improved clinch knot, and one is the Palomar knot. That's I probably should show them the uni knot, but I don't ever use it. I, I, use, I mean, I, I you know I use uni knots in with ropes. Yeah, even just tying an anchor on, I've used yeah. like just a double or triple wrap uni knot. Mm-hmm. When I tie two ropes together, if yeah. like my, uh, you know, I I bought two ropes, but they weren't. Long enough to pull my, you know, it's for my boat. I got one in one cleat, one in the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two of, you know, one alone wasn't long enough. So I, I took and two, tied two uni mm-hmm. knots you know, together and I, I joined the ropes. You know, maybe you can I can use ha- that uni for just about maybe anything. Maybe I have dude. used the uni knot. I just never knew what it was called. Maybe I have used it, you know. Yeah, the uh, uni knot. Is it kind of, so. it's like a, it's kind of like a slip knot, right? Because it does slip down. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it does. Like a slip. Maybe I have used it, and I just never knew it. Perhaps, perhaps you have. It's funny, you know. Steve Milliot years ago, I remember fishing with him twenty years ago, and I tied a uni. I I don't know what happened. I I asked him. uh, I said, "What kind of knot do you tie?" He goes, "A fishing knot." He says, "I said what?" He goes, "Fishing knot." He says, "I only tie one knot." He just used your basic clinch knot. He says, "It's the only knot I've been using my whole life." Then later he did switch to the polymer knot when he started using the braids. Yeah, if the polymer you can only use if it's if the hole of the lure or hook is big enough to double the line through, because it's got to be big. On a on a mini mite, I can't use a polymer knot because it's not big enough even for a double four pound test. Yeah, you know, that, but we got another email, Danny. Oh, they're coming in hot. Yeah, this is from. Uh, this is from Ralph. I know he, Ralph says, "Hey, what about the dam?" <laughs> I I uh, teased that and I forgot. I'm sorry. Okay, here. Yeah, what about I, the dam, yeah, Tom? I went out to uh, the Oconomowoc Lake Dam, and uh, a friend of mine and I went out 
to look at the the muskies. Now, last week, there were a lot of muskies out there, I guess, up by the dam and walleyes. Well, when we got there uh, Thursday, it was Thursday morning, there were only, we only saw, there were two muskies on one side and one on the other. Uh, They weren't very big. You know, they were just like maybe, I don't know, 30, 30, 35 inches maybe. And then, but there were a lot of walleyes in there. And one of those walleyes was a hog. I mean, that baby was big. At first, we thought it was a muskie, but then when you saw the white tail, I said, oh, God, that's a walleye. Oh, my goodness. That was a big one. So, uh, but, yeah, the, you know, I'm sure if you went out there to look, you might, you might you're going to see some walleyes. You're going to see maybe a few smaller muskies. But I guess the big ones were in last week. So, so here's the other report, Ralph. Uh, as I was driving home from our show last week, I— a message on my phone. It was my friend Jerry Worley, and he lives right by the little river there in Pewaukee, you know, a oh, block yeah, from yeah, me. Yeah. And he says, I'm looking at a muskie. It's it's over 50 inches, he says. It's, and he knows his fish. Wow. He says, it's got the head the size of a shovel. He said, it's mm-hmm. it's huge. He said, uh, I, he said, I watched it for 45 minutes, but then I tried to get closer to take a picture, and it took off. So then I went down there and looked, couldn't find it. Uh, he said there were a couple of mid-40s swimming around, too. And he said there were about 20 walleyes right by the, where the culvert comes through behind the chocolate factory yeah, and by yeah. the bike place. Um, he said there were about 20 walleyes between 15 to 18 inches all stacked up there right by yeah. the culvert part. But then uh, Sunday morning, I did get a text from him that he did manage to get close and get that big one on video. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and it's 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 a big one, and I, and, and these one these these fish are now living down in that river. It, yeah, I was just going to ask you. Now those are the fish that spilled over way spilled back when, live in the river, and, and then they come just, back up, and they just live in the river. So I yeah, mean, where where can they go from there? Sometimes nowhere. I mean, Illinois. Some of those fish really? make it all the way to Illinois. I, I've talked to a guy twenty years ago. Really? A guy came into the musky shop, and he said. We like Pewaukee Lake, and we like pe- stock, the stocking muskies here. We've caught them with tags from Pewaukee down in Illinois. Wow. So that yeah. Pewaukee River must run into another bigger river? It just keeps going. Well, no, Pewaukee, I believe, goes into the Fox oh, okay. in Waukesha. Okay. Yeah, right? And then just and keeps, then do- keeps going of, down. Yeah, yeah, going. And, and those fish, they can be like yeah. nomads, man. Yeah. Now, that's illegal to fish there, right? No, Behind. during season you can. Oh, oh, right now it is. Yeah, right but now once, it is. But get this: once season opens, what next week? Yeah, Saturday, then it's open. Really? Because you know, there's a lot of muskies in that Fox River, right in the middle, right downtown Waukesha. Right. People catch muskies there too. Yeah. Well, know? and uh, years ago, the guy Jerry, he he actually caught a 48 inch opening day there by the river, uh, right behind you know, right Pewaukee, right there. He went. It was laying there. He took a chatterbait and just dropped it down in front of it and jigged it up and down in the in the yeah. silt. And the muskie just opened its jaws and inhaled its inhaled it. Inhaled <laughs> it. He set the hook and yeah. he had a forty eight inch muskie. You know what that's called? That's called fish in, vacuum pulling power. Fish vacuum pulling power. Is that, well, is that supposed to be a scientific term, Tom? I know. But, okay, that's just but the thing is, is when they open their when they open their mouth. Water comes in. What's ever in front of their mouth is going to go in. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you know, you I open think it they up, do create. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty they, sure water must come in through the gill, mouth yeah. and out through the gills. Right, exactly. That's why if you get one that really inhales a bait, sometimes I think they almost get it back in, in the, the gills. gills. Yeah. And I had one one time. 
the lure went in the mouth, out the gills, and hooked him on the outside of the gills and body. With the line running With the through line, the gills. line running through the gills. That had to be. Or a, the leader, I should say. Was that a say. pike? No, that was a muskie. That was musky. a muskie. Matter of fact, uh, that's a story I told you about the the first muskie I caught on uh, when Bill Schwartz was making his six-inch slammer. Right. That was the first one I ever caught on it, and uh, the lure never hit water. It was and the just, one jumped out of the water and, it and came, grabbed it? I had it hanging over the side, and it came up. But it went right through the mouth, right through the gill, and hooked it on the side. It's like, what the heck? Here's a lure that catches fish, and you don't even have to throw it in the water. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. You know, Danny, like us, if if you fish and other guy, people who listen to the show, if you fish long enough for many years, you're going to have a few weird things that happen. It You know, it's just going to happen if you fish long enough. Long enough. Right? Yeah. You might even see aliens. Yeah, you never know. They're out there. Anyway, we'll be right back, folks. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Stay tuned for more. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Take a ride on the crazy train with us. Yeah, Harry. Make sure we don't get off the rails. Hey, Danny. Yeah. I got to just say this one more time. Yeah, there, hey. Paul at Carl's Country Market, which we got to get him either in the studio or online yeah. one day. Anyway, because he's quite the angler and hunter. But uh, Paul said uh, he wanted to make sure I told everybody that not only do they have live bait, they also have your basic fishing tackle, hooks, bobbers, sinkers, lines, stuff like that, and some, you know, Push button spin cast, some spinning combos, you know, some combos there, you know, inexpensive ones. And yep. so he's got a bunch of, and a bunch of different other things, your basic stuff that you need. Your you know? basic stuff. Yeah. Cause there's a bunch of ponds that the kids fish around his area. Right. And uh, so, you know, they're, you know, he says, they, he sees them riding on their bikes with their fishing rods in that. So uh, he just wants people to know that he's got, got that basic stuff now in the gas station. In the gas station. Also, got some great mounts on the wall. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm going to, when I get home today, you know what's going in the oven? My jerky. I've had it marinating overnight. I'm making barbecue jerky this time. And what I did, Danny, was I got the, I, I, I had to adjust these metal skewers, you know, get some little rings on them. Yeah. And I got some S hooks so I can hang them on the top rack in the oven and to make sure they don't drip all over my wife's oven which she would really get mad at me i got a layer uh, uh, aluminum foil all across the bottom and then i put the strips on those skewers hanging and uh because i cut them up really nice yesterday so i got it marinating when i get home this afternoon they're going in the oven for quite a while (laughs) is it venison no this is uh i think it was top round Top beef, round, top round beef. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, it. You know, it's not that hard to make it. It's just, uh, it's a little time consuming. It's a little messy. You can do it in the oven, and to get that smoky flavor, I'm using the liquid smoke. Gotcha. You know, I wish I had the type of smoker where I could hang it in an actual smoker and smoke it. You know, I wish I could, but I don't have that type of smoker. You know, where I can hang stuff. You know, nowadays they sell smokers. Yeah, I know, but all, all kinds of. I got I got my smokers that I use, but actually for making jerky, if you put it on like 150 to 175 degrees, 
and you leave it in there for about eight hours, eight to ten hours, or you got to check it. It's about eight hours. It it does a fine job in the oven. It dries it out. For fish, know. guys use Weber grills. Oh, oh, I do too. For I mean, salmon and trout. Yeah. Oh yeah. You well, yeah, an old type Weber type grill. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you, you've turned that into a smoker. I've I've done Cornish game hens, chickens, turkeys, fish. I've done I've smoked a lot of things on that old I've got two of them as a matter of fact. And you know, if so, but one problem is if you use let's say your regular main Weber type grill mm-hmm. for as in smoking, you can't use it for anything else then. Why? Because anything else you put in there is going to taste like smoke. Really? Yeah, because it it gets stuck on the lid, on oh, the inside okay. of the lid and on the sides. I mean, everything's going to taste like smoke. So what you do is you go to rummage sales and or or like if you just got an old one and you're going to upgrade, save that old one and turn that into a smoker. Uh or you go to a rummage sale, they're getting rid of those for a couple bucks, right. <laughs> you know. People are so, looking to just yeah, yeah get rid so, of them. So when I upgraded a few times over the years, I saved them so I've got two smokers, you know, that hey. I can use. And for the for for like salmon and trout, oh, it works awesome. It's great. Man, I'll tell you, it's wonderful. For the salmon and trout, I guess it's all about the brine. Yeah, you gotta brine it ahead of time. And and it's so easy. Brine brine recipes are so simple, but you gotta brine them, you know, overnight, at least four hours, preferably overnight. Uh one guy, my one of my son knows, he smoked some salmon that he didn't brine. And he says, Man, that was terrible. It was terrible. And Chris asked him, he says, well, what did you do? And he says, well, I threw a fish on there. I smoked it, like you said. And he says, well, didn't you brine it? He says, what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> what are you talking about, Willis? What are you talking about, brine? Yeah, he didn't know. And, and you know, same thing with if you're going to put Cornish game hens or chicken or turkey, if you're going to smoke one of those, you got to brine those too. Oh, definitely. Really? Oh, yes, definitely. You- brine those too. Brine them in the same, like, yeah, isn't ba- it like a saltwater solution basic, that you use? It's basically canning salt in water. That's the basic canning thing. Canning salt in water. And yeah. the purpose is flavor or F- curing, Curing, cooking? flavor, all of that stuff. It gets all inside the meat or the fish. Uh, but I also put in, in mine, I use brown sugar, uh, pancake syrup. Uh, I throw a couple of lemons in there, uh, some onions, and... Uh, I think a little, and a secret is a couple pinches of ground cloves, and uh, mix all that. You got to warm it up so everything m- dissolves. Right, just a little bit. You warm it up, and once it's dissolved, you just let it cool down. But you gotta, Brian, you gotta put it in like uh, a plastic bucket. You don't want aluminum. Don't put it in anything aluminum. That's terrible. It'll give you a, a real tinny taste. So you, uh, I use a plastic bucket, and you got to have a cool place to put it in. If you got a spot in the refrigerator where you can put a, this in there. Full That's bucket, great. Yeah. Uh, I you in the fall when you when set it outside. I just put, put it in a, a garage. Garage. Yeah, yeah. I just put it in a garage. It's perfect because it, yeah, it's year, early spring. You can just set it. Yeah, because it's cool out. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, but you don't want to do that in the summer. <laughs> you got to put it in the fridge in the summer. Or one time when we didn't have room, when we didn't have that second fridge in the basement. Um, what I would do is in the stationary tub in the basement in the laundry room, I would just put a bunch of ice in there around the bucket, you know, and that worked fine. You know what else was going to get smoked, Tom? What's going to get smoked? Oh. That big brown trout that uh, Komar lost for me when he was trying to net it for <laughs> me. That was. Well, From I now on, it's going to be 
Comar yeah, lost that fish at the net, not you, you, Dan lost the fish. You can call him the name, Butterfingers. Butter Butterfingers Horton. Or, no, what'd you call him? Butter, was it oh, Butter, that was Mark Horton. We called him Mark Butterfingers Horton. Butterfingers. Because he had this big, we got it on a video somewhere mm-hmm. where, you know, I'm pulling this pike up and, and he grabs it on the gill plate, kind of pulls it out, and he gr- kind of, he grabs the line for some reason and the hook popped, his fingers slipped from out yep. from under the gill plate and in the and the pike just goes slow straight, straight down. down. <laughs> and he reaches all the way in and gone. So that's that spring what I did was I actually saw Mark out by Pewaukee. I opened his tackle box and put a butterfinger bar in there. <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. But I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna turn the story around and with this botch net job, and I'm going to blame it on Komar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, blame it on <laughs> he, him. He, he missed my fish. Yeah. Not by, yeah. He didn't turn reel the, in fast turn the, enough. Turn, I'll be a Democrat here. I'll turn the whole story yeah, around. Turn it around. <laughs> he did it, not you, me. You'll just make something up, right? He, right. Make, make it up. Yeah. It was speaking his of, fault. Speaking of, the Democratic uh, conventions coming here next yeah, year. Yeah. Wisconsin. That was a big coup for uh, Milwaukee to get it's that here. It's a big here. coup. Right. Yeah, big coup, yeah, but we got the yeah, I don't know. I I want to go meet the what's his name? Uh, Adam Schiff. Get his autograph. <laughs> I hate that guy. I, you know I got a nickname for him? <laughs> Frank. Remember Mash? And yeah. they had oh, Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ferret Frank. face. Ferret Look face at Adam Frank. Schiff and tell me that's not a Frank. <laughs> I want Weasley Weasley bug eyed guy. I I I wanna meet Joe Biden, see if he gives me the bro hug and rubs my back a little bit. <laughs> Give me a little massage, Is going to blow in your ear, too? <laughs> Sniff your hair? You'll have to take your hat off oh, first. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll have to do that. <clears throat> hey, did I ever... I told you about... I Do you remember me telling you... Well, Nick doesn't know this, but did I ever... Do you remember me telling you the time I fished with uh, Senator Dole, Bob Dole, at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show when it was downtown? They needed... It was just photo ops, right? Right. And they needed somebody to stand at the trout stream with him. So the guy who ran the show at the time, he said, when, and I was on TV at the time. Right, and on the radio. Right. I, I don't know if I was on the radio then or not. Well, anyway, they said, uh, I'm Bob hey, Dole. Hey, Tom, uh, he'd be perfect for it. Let's get Neubauer with, with Senator Dole standing by the fish pond holding these you know cane poles. Right. And uh, the first thing they did was Secret Service. Those guys under those jackets that they wear, those three-quarter length coats, they got Uzis under there. I saw them, and they frisked me down. They they touched me in places that only my wife should be able to touch. They they oh they frisk you all over to make sure. And then and they were very pushy, the Secret Service guys. Yeah, and I didn't want to fool around with those guys. They're big guys. They're mean, tough looking, and they got Uzis and other probably other stuff. Well, anyway, we're standing there at the trout pond, Danny, and. <laughs> The trout, of course, ain't biting, and they're not biting. And I said to Senator Dole, I says, well, Senator, I says, it doesn't seem like the trout want to, you know, cooperate and bite, you know. And he said, you know what he says? He goes, uh, must be Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> oh, that was funny. All right, we got to go. <laughs> Bodie's telling us we got to go to a break. All right. We'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned for the last segment of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. 799-1250 is the phone number. It's the final countdown. Welcome back. Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. This is the home stretch. The train is heading back to the station and will be done for this week, my friends. But don't forget, 
if you want to say hey to me, not Tom, you can <laughs> leaker. Last week you were you saying you leaker. weren't going to go, and I said, no, you got to go. Yeah, and so I'm, now <laughs> I'm going, and oh, ooh, it's going to snow. So you're not there. So I'll be out there for a little bit. I'm not going to be there a whole uh, whole long time, but then I, but by noon I hope to be up in Waterfront because Ducks Unlimited does have a uh, – Impromptu little banquet going yeah. on there, guys, and uh, get there early because it's first come, first serve as far as table. Uh, they'll have some walk-around meat raffles, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they'll have a walk-around gun raffle or not. They did have a gun raffle, which was limited to 60 tickets at 20 bucks a shot, so I got suckered into that, and mm-hmm. yeah, I got a ticket, and I'll go and not so- win a gun again, but... <laughs> I've won enough, so. Uh, let me ask you, Danny. You uh, now next week is opening weekend. Correct the weekend. Mundo. Now I'm not going to go fishing this weekend because uh, it, it's going to be crappy weather today, tomorrow, whatever. So, but uh, next weekend, do you do you generally go on opening weekend? Um, I I'll just keep doing what I've been doing. So like, uh, if I've if maybe I'll go fish Lake Michigan, which you can do right now. Yeah, right. Uh, or maybe I'll go up and fish the Bay of Green Bay, which I did a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago, you want to know what? My hot tip uh, many years ago for opening weekend was to go fish the Peshtigo Harbor, but not for what you think. When I started fishing the Peshtigo Harbor in the 60s, nobody fished the Peshtigo Harbor except for locals and they would fish for pike at mm-hmm. the mouth of the Peshtigo Harbor. And when I first went with my dad, we fished from shore, chucking out right by the boat launch there. And the water used to be used to be higher and it used to go back in further there. And you'd chuck out a, a smelt under a bobber or on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, then once dad got a boat, we would launch and go fish. Uh, we'd kind of go right around the corner there to the left, and we'd cast Meps and Rapalas and Daredevils, and um, and then sometimes they wouldn't hit baits at all. They'd be uh, hitting the smelt, and there were several times I and my dad went opening day, and we'd be the only boat, because you'd have yeah. a couple of boats there in the spring fishing, Yeah. and then once opening day came, of course, they went to the inland waters, which left that all, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, there's times I'd get 10 pike. Mm-hmm. Dad and I left with a stringer pull, and you wouldn't get monsters. You might biggest might be a thirty-four inch or mm-hmm. kind of all spawned out and skinny. But mm-hmm. nobody fishes for pike there anymore. Right. I'm willing to bet. And I'll bet you could still go take some smelt, sure, chuck them out. You could. I'll bet you could still catch them there. Yep. I uh, when I was younger, and when I took the you know when I had kids when they were younger, yeah, when they were old enough, you know, we'd always go opening day. It's something we look forward to. But as I got older, I. Didn't I mean opening day? It's like nah, I can wait, you know, because when I got a little older, I was fishing the rivers for walleyes. I was fishing the lakes for panfish, you know, for crappies and that. It's like, well, I don't really have to go on opening weekend, and a lot of times opening weekend isn't very good, you know. I mean, it's kind of nasty weather sometimes, you know, and so it was like, no, nah, I can wait, I can wait, you know. So yeah, opening day now is is not a big deal to me, you know. It it still might be for some people, but not for me. But I do have a spot that I was thinking about for walleyes on opening day. I got, yeah, I'll tell you about that off the air though. Oh, secret! Oh yeah, I can't oh, tell nobody. Who do you got on the line, Nick? Uh, we got Greg on the line. All right, 
Hey, Greg, good morning. Thanks for holding on. What's up? Oh, good morning, guys. Uh, hey. Yeah, I was out at a fishing seminar for kids about 20 years ago, my daughter and my nephew, mm-hmm. and an old-timer showed me how to tie that polymer knot with any size hook or leader. It's mm-hmm. real simple. Well, it, but if the eye of the hook or the, the, yeah, of right. the jig you is, if it's the, too small, you, take, you can't you can't even get two strands of four pound test through it. If it's if it's oh, so I've, small, I've done it with small eyes. Ready? You just, How, you just you send the line right through the eye. Yeah, I know, and bring it back again. Yeah, but well, there are some that it's small it, eyes. It, yeah, <laughs> like if it's a like a number ten hook. I mean, I'm not even gonna bother. You know, yeah. or like on the mini mic jigs, I'm not even going to bother yeah. trying to. You, you hey, was, you know what? I can hardly see to put the line in the first time. Tom's getting pretty old. <laughs> That's true. It's I'm hard. just saying, I, I just thought for, you know, yeah. novelty of it all, just to. Uh, do, you, do you use the polymer Polymer only, or do you, do you use other knots? I only use the, well, I use polymer basically for musky, you know, my right. braided, but. Uh, I, otherwise, I use a cinch knot or something too. Like yeah, this. yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. for the novelty of it, of knowing how to do it, you know. Oh yeah, I'll tell I you. figured you guys must know that, but I thought it. But no, it hey, you know, one thing about about fishing is like, no matter how old you get, you still learn stuff. Yeah, it when does. that guy showed me that about twenty some years ago, I thought, oh man, I could tie a palmer any smaller, you know. Right. Yeah, that's a good knot. It was a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only yeah. knot as far as. Well, yeah, I was you know, ask if you got time to talk about that FG knot at all. That's a kind of a goofy. The FG is that, that FG, the one Ron talked fancy about? One on YouTube, they're talk, everybody's talking about it. Really, it's I, a real thin between line tying braid between uh, mono or polymer. Really, I'm gonna is it, I, it's on YouTube. You said? Oh there, yeah, you. There's tons of them on there. It's I'm a gonna, good. I'm gonna have to knot. remember that. It's the strongest knot you can tie and the thinnest. Really, yeah. FG. Yeah. Yeah, F Frank. Yeah, the Alberto's a good one too, though. That's the what? Simpler. Alberto? The Alberto knot. You're coming up with names. I'm telling you. Yeah, I know. You <laughs> just kind of carried away. I prefer the Larry Mondello yeah, knot hey, myself. You know, these would be good for a horn schwaggle. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> How about a, Doug, a double hick, hickenlooper? <laughs> I, I heard that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> double hickenlooper. Not your standard hickenlooper. You got to tie a double hickenlooper, <laughs> and you got to make sure you cinch the tag end real yeah. careful. Well, thanks okay. for calling, Take Greg. Take care, man. We'll see you. Hey, Oh, that's funny. Don't forget the triple Lindy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to have the triple. (laughs) (laughs) That Uh, was Rodney Dangerfield Dive, the triple Lindy. That was in Back to School, right? Back to School. Wasn't that bad? I like when he's sitting in the Whirlpool with all these hot college girls, and then the the professor lady that he was dating shows up, and he goes, Oh, meet my nieces. (laughs) 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 He's got his armor on each. You know, I always thought Rodney Dangerfield was one of the funniest darn guys. As a matter of fact, uh, I was going, I was on YouTube one time, and there was a thing, it, it said uh, Rodney Dangerfield on Johnny Carson. I thought, okay, I'll click on right. it. They had, he did, I, I, I can't tell you how many liners he did in a row with Johnny Carson. It was hilarious. I mean, and... It, <laughs> He was just a funny guy, but you know what? He was also kind of funny looking with those bug eyes. Right. Now, the younger people in the audience, they won't remember Buddy Hackett. But Buddy Hackett, he was funny, but he was dirty. All right. He he was yeah. a, he was a he was dirty, but funny. Yeah. But he was funny looking. If you didn't see his facial contortions, 
if you just heard his jokes, yeah, okay, they were funny, but they were really funny if you could see them. Same thing with George Carlin. You had to see them to, you know, to really get the full effect, you know. So there's some of these comedians you got Rodney Dangerfield. He was, he's just I, he was one of my favorites. He was he 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 could look like when he's trying not to look nervous, but when he's nervous, yeah. he could just stand yeah. there like oh, <laughs> bounce, around. bounce around looking like, oh, oh. yeah. I, he, I mean, one of my favorite ones was him and Caddyshack, the parts of him and Caddyshack when they're out golfing. Oh, right. those were just hilarious. Yeah. That, was a, that was a good movie. <laughs> oh, they were, they're, they're, you know, there were, it was like a lot of movies, there's like some parts that aren't so great, but then there's right. really good parts of movies, right. you know. That was one of them where... I always just waited for the Rodney Dangerfield stuff, you know. Yeah. Those were hilarious. Yeah, he was good. That was good. <laughs> uh, I used to try to do an impression of him when I when I'd be golfing with my oh, one, no, of my don't, bro, one, one of my don't older, tell me you're gonna do it now. No, no, no. I'll Stop. no, I won't do it. But you remember the part in Caddyshack when uh, uh, he says, uh, "Oh, uh, do you get a bowl of soup with that hat or something?" Because it was some kind of ugly hat. And then he sees Judge Smales with that hat on. He says, "Oh, but on you it looks good, you know." Well, my brother had one of those kind of hats, and we'd be called, we'd be at the tea box, and I would bring that up to him about his ugly hat. I was actually watching oh, Three Amigos man. clips on YouTube. That's another good one. And uh, they had Will, Will Guapo's birthday, right? <laughs> and all the all the outlaw Mexican dudes pitch in and buy El Guapo a little something. So he unwraps the present. He goes, "It's a sweater." <laughs> <laughs> they pitched in and gave El Guapo a sweater. Oh man! Oh, oh god! Man. <laughs> you know, I I, I I am looking forward to the to the new season. Uh, you know, I always look forward to the new season because I'm so tired of winter, you know? And so I always look forward to the new year. Just a little you know? sunshine psychologically yeah. is is what yeah. I need after the long... I, I, I'm looking forward to getting a tan again instead, instead of being looking like Casper, the friendly ghost. You know, when a guy first... first you know, puts on shorts for the year. Oh, your legs look like hockey sticks with hair. I mean, they're just white and not looking good, man. No, Got to get some no. color on those legs. Oh God, yeah, oh yeah. It, it, it you know, it might be you know kind of icky out later on today, in the next couple hours. But you know what? It'll change. It'll get nice. Then it'll get crappy. Here we, here we then got get Nostradamus nice. over yeah. here. Okay, hey, there, Prophet Tom. I, I can tell right now. <laughs> leaker Tom. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. I'm the leaker. We won't see you out at, uh, you know, Mistake well, on the Lake. Well, they call it Mistake on the Lake because the weather's always crappy. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh, are we done? Oh, we are. Oh, okay. Well, that's all, all I right. got then, Danny. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to Skibber Buds, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Go out, do something good for someone today, my friends. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.